around the current state of the real estate financing market. All right, welcome everyone to the GSP podcast, The Landscape. Mm-hmm. I'm Evan Kinney and I'm joined by... Hello, this is David Pascal of George Smith Partners. We're very glad to have you and we have a very special guest today. Today we have Justin Piasecki, the president of George Smith Partners, joining us today and we're excited to dive into a few apropos topics around the current state of the real estate financing market. Justin, why don't you give a quick introduction and background and then we can kind of jump into some questions straight away here. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me on, guys. Um, so I've been in the business uh, literally this coming May will be 20 years. Uh, my whole career, other than one year with a developer, I've been in the real estate, uh, commercial real estate investment banking world, you know, raising equity and debt and full capital stacks for investors and developers across the U.S., um, selling, performing and non-performing loans for banks and funds and raising lines of credit for uh for debt funds and uh, bridge lenders and everybody in that in the distressed debt space as well. Great, good. Let's dive right in. So obviously it's a turbulent time. You know, I think for us at the firm, we've been seeing a lot of our clients, large and small, struggling for liquidity. But what's interesting is that it appears to us, at least, that there is a lot of capital availability. Mm-hmm. So Justin. Why don't we jump on that one right away? Like, what are we seeing out there in terms of availability of capital? Who's it coming from? And, and who's pulling back? Yeah. Who's being aggressive? Uh, you know, we know there's less lenders out there, but there's still plenty of lenders out there. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, real quick, you know, so tomorrow, you know, we, I just got approval about 15 minutes ago uh, through email that we're closing a land uh, horizontal uh, construction loan down in Florida with a, a regional bank um, at prime plus 50. Um, and we're planning by year end, hopefully closing a second one with this bank and this, and this client. Um, Amazing. And that's, and that's in the, you know, the built for rent sector uh, where our client is, is doing the road sewer and get the pads ready and has yep. forward sale commitment from a national home builder. So how important um, was that forward sale commitment from the national home builder in, in getting that bank financing? And was there uh, any recourse on that deal? Um, so on th- on this first one, no, there was no recourse because we stayed at 60% mm-hmm. loan to cost LTC. Um, if we went right. above 60%, so anything 60 to 75, there'd be different levels of recourse from this mm-hmm. institution. Um, on this deal, there was, and this is a big thing that we're we're seeing with all the banks across the country. Everybody wants deposits uh, from from our borrowers. Right. Um, it's the new thing that the FDIC is really harping uh, on, on institutions. Uh, this deal, we had to put up no deposit. Mm. Uh, the next one, there might have to be a deposit. And from what we're hearing from the banks, it's 10 to 20 percent of the loan amount, which, yeah, 10 percent, 20 percent, I think is crazy. Um, Yes, but um, yeah. So you know, we have you know this one closing. If if there was no forward sale, this would not be getting done. Right. Mm-hmm. So right. so and it just shows how how concerned banks, especially, are concerned about their takeout. That's 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 what financing. I think totally. more than ever now, they're really looking for that takeout. But the takeout obviously is driven. Uh, on a number of assumptions you have to make around the direction of interest rates, 
demand, kind of demand side, what rents are going to do for your project, et cetera. I'll, I'll tell you guys this. We have a deal that's signed term sheet and up in Detroit, Michigan, it's a conversion office to multi and the bridge lender, the construction bridge lender that we're, uh, we're bringing in, that they are asking now uh, if we have a bank that is, can write a letter that they're interested in, in providing the takeout 18 months down the road. Wow. Um, so, and which, which we do actually. Um, so. Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, that's hard to get because obviously it's hard to get enough commitment for next week from a bank, much less 18 right, months yeah. from now. So we're, what are, guys, what are we seeing in terms of capital availability? We touched on it. Justin jumped mm -hmm. into an anecdote around a bank providing financing. I think for, at least from what I can see in our, in our tracking and also in my own deals, most of the financing is coming from non-banks. We're seeing, um, seeing a lot of debt funds, yep. shadow banks, uh, private capital, in the form of debt funds that are often working on bank lines though right so the bank lines aren't there so pricing is higher mm -hmm. and there's just a, a hesitancy in the marketplace i think for people to uh refinance today given interest rates um what type of uh let's talk a little bit justin about the equity side of the the coin here you know what are we seeing obviously there's a tremendous yeah. number of rescue equity funds in the marketplace Give us a little thought on, on where you see that going and, and what you see people doing. And what are their yield targets? Are they yeah. going in as PREF, participating mortgage, or classic equity? Yeah. Yeah, so we, we've been lucky. Um, we have a, a client in uh, Washington, D.C. that's in the uh, affordable uh, multifamily uh, sector, both on the ground-up development, but also on the rehab uh, side of things. We've raised, since April, three LP equity checks for three different deals. Uh, knock on wood, we have the fourth closing uh, at the end of this month. The money's coming from a REIT. Um, yeah, and so we've been, we've been able to get, you know, traditional LP equity done uh, that way. Uh, I will tell you, and I think all of us have been living it, most LP equity providers or traditional groups uh, have scaled back immensely and are focused yep. more on provide at David, as you mentioned, MES and PREF, they would rather be in, or if they are right. using uh, equity for buying distressed debt. Mm -hmm. uh, sparingly. Sparingly, well, they're, they're waiting for it to, uh, to really start to show up. Uh, they want to have their powder dry. Um, right. And so that's what, that's what we're seeing in regards to, you know, returns. Yeah, everybody wants, you know, I would say 20% returns plus um because that's what you're gonna get if you're buying distressed debt and you know i was with a uh ceo of a, a large uh multi-billion dollar fund uh a week and a half ago he said look i've i have a billion and a half dollars of of common uh, of cash just for equity and i'd rather put it into a mes prep piece where i can get 15 16 17 percent equity type returns and you know what if the deal goes south 18 months from now I'm not in an LP position. I'm in a mass prep position. I can step into right. place. Getting the full yield. Yep. So that's interesting. Um, you know, how, let's talk a little bit, let's focus back on capital availability. You know, I think from our perspective where we sit in the middle of a capital market, we have a unique insight on 
the flow of capital, at least where it's sitting and who's banging at our door for deals. But maybe some of our listeners don't have that same perspective. Let's try to break it down a little bit based on asset class and geography. Justin, you know, based on the conversations you're having, and, and David, maybe mm -hmm. you as well, let's let's dive in there a little bit and see, you know, if we can help some of our listeners uncover things they might want to take a look at. Well, I would say that in the big three, we just hear a lot of desirability. And I've seen we've seen a lot of funds concentrate on equity funds, apartments, industrial, self-storage, mm -hmm. you know. So I would say those are the three. And then if you look at uh you know um ios and you know and industrial outdoor storage outdoor storage you know industrial land which was kind of a mom and pop product type a few years ago has now got a lot of funds buying up industrial land because so much of the fallow land has been taken up by development so the remaining land is very valuable because it's near the infrastructure hot points. So we're seeing, you know, that asset class take off. And and then, you know, within multifamily, you're going to see people looking for some kind of distressed opportunities, maybe, you know, the classic three-year bridge loan that is coming at the end of its cycle, where they're not hitting their numbers, the equity's been wiped out, things like that. We're seeing just within that asset class, a quest for basis. You know, yep. and uh, you know, and I would also all add that we've seen a big comeback lately in grocery anchored retail, uh, daily needs, hyper local retail, as opposed to the um, you know the big box. David, I I I, I would agree with you um, in regards to industrial. You know, the big box, big Amazon, big box. You know, uh, industrial has been popular the past couple of years. A lot of groups are now shying away from that, and mm -hmm. it's more the small and medium bay is it's the new hot new product mm -hmm. in the industrial. Interesting. Uh, we're, we're hearing from people, and, and frankly, in number, yeah. physically, like for the the listeners. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, it's everything from you know the industrial complex that has uh, you know your your local painter where they have an office and they have a shop in the back. Flex. Uh, yeah. You're, Construction companies, um, mm. you know, multiple, you know, anything that's a little bit more blue collar, but it's right. mom and pop kind of owned. That's really, really popular. Um, and then, you know, the medium bay, you know, something where like a safe flight auto glass, you know, where you, you know, you, know, you pull up and they have a multiple bays, and you know, it's not you know 50 foot, you know, bays. It's you know 20, mm. 20 foot or 25 foot, and people can pull in. They can change your 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 cracked windshield and have you move on and out. Um, we're seeing a number of opportunities like that as well. Yeah, so you guys have a ton of clients. What are you guys telling your clients right now who are kind of learning about the value of uh, where their real estate might be today, or at least the perceived value if they have to transact today? Obviously, there's been a ton of hubbub on the internet, Twitter, et cetera, around some extreme short selling in some markets like San Francisco. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, with the rise, rapid rise to interest rates, the um, incredible rise of insurance costs, and kind of the, the decrease in the rate of change of um, uh, rental rates, you know, values of real estate are coming down, which means cap rates are going up. So 
how are your clients adapting to this process and kind of this realization that there is potentially a new normal here and that interest rates may be higher for longer? We don't know what the Fed is doing. Where, where are people at in their psychological process? What are you seeing? Um, I'm, we're not seeing total capitulation. Everyone's mood and is dependent on their next maturity. Right. People who are maturing very soon are coming to a quick reality that we might be in in a having a valuation problem. When I'm talking to sponsors that are two and three, four, five years out from their next refinance, their fingers are crossed that by the time that occurs, everything's going to be fine. So it's really those who it's really coming down to those who have to transact are facing the music yep. and are, are in any, if any capitulation is going to come, it's from them. Mm -hmm. We're also seeing um, people that have maturities coming up. Uh, lenders are willing to extend, but they want to get paid down a certain amount you know, of that loan amount. You know, I have a $54 million loan right now and the existing lender, if they extend for another year or two, they want to get paid down $10 million. Um, right. And I, I think we're seeing a lot of capital that's willing to come into those capital stacks, Justin. And yep. so we, you know, I know for us, we're, we're discussing that with a number of clients, like trying to figure out how to bring in alternate capital to help restructure mm -hmm. an existing capital stack. I don't know, Justin, if you want to jump and expand on that one a little bit, because that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, the deal that I, I, was, I just brought up uh, to you guys, $54 million payoff. You know, we've we've round every every different scenario um, <laughs> known to man, um, other than you know, and our client will be coming with some fresh new equity, but mm -hmm. we we've come up with a, a a structure of a ground lease, yep, and a CMBS loan, mm -hmm. and it's the difference between our client having to come up with probably twelve to fifteen million dollars of cash, and go. Um, you know, go with a you go with a bridge lender or or pay off their existing, uh, or you know, with the structure that we came up with, which includes buying buying down the rate on the CMBS, allows my client to actually cash flow and maybe you know, starting this this coming year, give a dividend to their investors. Amazing, uh, right? That's huge. Yeah. Um, so but, you know, I'll be I'll be very honest. One last thing, you know, a lot of lenders are playing hardball. They. Yep. Uh, they are not willing to, you know, give on, you know, I think if push came to shove, they might give on an exit fee here or there, but it's, they're not playing around. I mean, they want to, if they're on extend, mm -hmm. you, have to, you have to show them some good faith and bring real some cash. cash in. Yeah. Now let's talk a little bit more about that because we've been hearing, you know, that let's say new cash is required and let's say the existing equity is maybe played out on contributions when that if if they get new equity to come in uh for the for this new cash in refi what we've been hearing is, is that that new equity now maybe can cram down the old equity to something like a hope note and that that's and and it's and we're not really trying to give bad news to old equity here but what we are trying to say is this is what new equity is expecting 
Do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Just yeah, so? I mean, it's no different than what we lived uh, back in 2009 through exactly. 2011. Yeah, I, I, I was a young guy, but you know, worked on a team where you know, I was younger. <laughs> we did some pretty large recaps in New York, where you know, Mr. Office Owner was was losing his property to foreclosure. Mm -hmm. uh, we went out, raised fresh equity, uh, negotiated a discount payoff with the existing lender, and then went out and got a new loan from a new debt provider. And for that, you know, the personal guarantees were were waived, but you know, Mr. Owner who was also the manager, got to stay in his manager, as you said, you know, retained a sliver of equity. But you know, once you know the world got better and, and you know hit certain hurdles, was able to get a promote, you know, back in, in, in the deal. Right, right. There um, you go. We're not 100% there yet, but we're in the next six months. We will be there with a lot of different groups. And right now, the conversation that we're having with our clients is, hey. You need to start, you know, advising your own equity investors. If they're not making their capital calls, somebody's getting crammed out here. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Otherwise, outside capital will come yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Institutional. So, um, you know, they have to get ahead of this now. Hundred percent. So, well, any like final advice here for for folks uh, that are out there, maybe trying to figure it out, uh, maybe they're trying to find a new deal or they're in an existing deal where they're having some some trouble um you know wh what are we looking at david with respect to what's your interest rate prognostication and higher for longer and all that what are, um yeah. i mean higher for longer has, has has been is starting to be retired now uh there's a new feeling and really just after last week and maybe the week before that we could be seeing some cuts uh, early next year and that the Fed is done increasing its speculation. And of course, when you see treasuries rocket down, that actually makes the Fed more likely to raise rates because they right. like rates to be high. But I think we're at the end of the hiking cycle and you'll see that the SOFR rate, you know, floating rates may be relax into the middle of next year or later and the treasury look for it to be volatile going for the next eight months so if something works for your deal it's hard to imagine being able to game it much because things were in an unprecedented time that's my uh Great. thought I I would say, look, you know, call, call your broker, call us. We have over 200 deals in our pipeline and, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're closing deals still both on equity, debt, mez, prep side. Uh, but mm -hmm. we're also seeing every type of deal and every type of scenario uh, and working on, on multiple different structures as Evan, you mentioned. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we can look, this is where we put our advisor hat on. You know, we're not, you know, as much as we love closing deals and making money, you know, our job is to be a fiduciary to you, uh, you know, as as borrowers and to help you solve this problem in, in today's Absolutely. market. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, David, where do they find out more about us? Go on www.gspartners.com, subscribe to our newsletter, FinFacts, 
and then you'll be in the know on all our podcasts and our newsletters, et cetera. Absolutely. Justin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Justin. Great to have you. Great speaking to you guys. And we'll see everyone next time. Okay. Thanks. Take care. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye.